Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to today's episode. My name is Daniel Rota. I will be your host. Uh, with me, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. Welcome back, Father Ryan. Hey, thanks, Dan. It's good to be back. Yeah. I was on retreat last week, so yeah, it's good to it's good to be back and kind of getting back into the swing of things. So yeah, had a really good retreat. Uh, you know, kind of shared with people that I was up at a. It's a cabin that a, a priest owns. Um, it's a tiny little cabin. It's it's you know it's made out of all like rough cut lumber, like all the interior is. Yeah. So like the paneling. Um, runs runs horizontal all the way up, and it's kind of got a high ceiling because uh, it's got a loft, and under the loft is a. And when you're under the loft, there's a there's a bathroom, a bedroom, and the kitchen. Um, but the paneling and everything and the, all the, like, trim and everything is all just rough-cut lumber. So it's got this really great kind of rustic feel, but it's it's comfortable enough, you know. And yeah. it's got a, he's got a great wood stove in there. Oh, So I burned wood from the time I got there Sunday evening all the way into Friday. Um, the electric heater never turned on. And it was always between 65 and... 85 degrees yeah. wood wood can can get burning oh yeah yeah and and he's and it's a one of those wood burners where you can throw in big logs so you're not like constantly having to go over and it once i once that thing got warmed up and the cabin got warmed up it was so nice to regulate because i could put two big logs in there when i went to bed at like 10 at night and then wake up at it was great i slept till seven almost every morning it was so nice. sweet <laughs> wake up at like seven and and they're, they're still smoldering. So just like this really slow burn that just keeps the cabin at just this perfect temperature, yeah. even up in the loft where I was sleeping. So anyways, so it was a really good retreat. Um, just some really great graces. Was able to talk to my spiritual director every day for about 45 minutes, you know, and talk about what's going on in prayer and then get direction from him to to really, it was, it's to do um, four holy hours a day is really the goal, um, as well as mass and the liturgy of the hours. Um, and then try to get out for a walk or something, read some books. And so, you know, he kind of gives me some scripture and some direction into like, okay, why don't you step into this next? And, we, you know, and then the next day we'd talk about what the Lord was doing in my heart and in my prayer. And he would give me some more scripture then. Okay, well, you know, it's usually three scripture passages and then you do a repeat. So you go back to maybe a grace from an earlier holy hour or something else that the Lord's working on in your heart. So it's really just some really great graces and I'm, Really great week. I'm really grateful for people's prayers. I'd ask for prayers, and there were just some tangible things like that I just knew people were praying because God was just very close. And um, so I had a great week, but it's good to be back. It's good to see people. You know, I joked at some <laughs> of the masses. It was great that I I got there Sunday evening and didn't see another human being the whole week, all the way through Friday. Never saw another person, which was lovely. And I think people were, I hope they weren't insulted by that because I didn't get too many laughs when I said it. I was like, kind of like, okay, well, I'm just kind of joking, you know. Um, but it, it was, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to just give time to just really listen to the Lord and to allow the Lord's voice to just start to work and to kind of clear the head and the heart. Um, it's amazing what it does for for a person. So anyways, it was um, a good week. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's good to have you back. Well, it's good to be back. I was down at the seminary t today. We did evals. We do evals for all of our guys each year. So I went down last night. We did two of our college guys at St. Thomas. Their evaluations are both first-year guys. It's always fun. The first-year guys are really nervous coming <laughs> in. And 
it's always very affirming, you know, and kind of just talking about how the year's gone. And um, so it was really good and had dinner last night when I got down about 7 o'clock. had dinner with the six guys that are down there. Most of the guys are over at the theology school at St. Paul Seminary on the other side mm-hmm. of campus. So they're all doing well, it seems, and they're excited about summer. And we talked about summer assignments and possibilities. And so, yeah. So, but good to be back. Excited for Lent. Yeah, yeah, and that is uh, the topic for today's episode. But before that, do you want to open us in a prayer? Yeah, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you who um, went into the desert, you who went into the desert after your baptism um, for 40 days, uh, we love you and we praise you. Um, part of your going into the desert, we know, Lord, is is the dynamic of experiencing what we experience, the, the weakness, the brokenness, the temptations in the midst of it, um, so that you know and can empathize and sympathize and have compassion upon us who, in the midst of the desert of life, uh, struggle. So you know our, our desires, our longings, our sufferings in the midst of it and the temptations. Uh, you know it all except for actually sinning, but you know the full effect of sin because of the cross. We thank you and we praise you for uh, the Lenten season ahead, Lord, I ask for an anointing on on all of us, on our, our community, on our parishes, um, just to, to be close to us, Lord, in the midst of this and draw us up into your love. Lord, we, we praise you and we thank you and ask for your blessing um, upon our conversation right now in this podcast and in the, the Lenten season ahead. May it prepare our hearts to, to really come to you and to celebrate once again, the, the fullness of our salvation, which is in your suffering, um, your death, and your rising from the dead. Lord, we honor you in all things, and we ask for the intercession of your mother as well, Mary. And uh, we pray all of this with all of our intentions that we hold in our hearts this week. Uh, through you, Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yeah. So yeah, this week we have we have Lent. We have Lent. Lent is here. And Lent starts with Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday, yep. So let me talk a little bit about Ash Wednesday, huh? Yeah. What do you know about it? Well, um, so, I mean, as of today is Fat Tuesday, which is a great day. Which is the day before <laughs> Which is the Ash day before Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. You're, you're full of knowledge. I uh, love this. Yeah, this is yeah. good. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so for Ash Wednesday, we're having three Masses. Okay. Um, so we have uh, the 8 a.m. at Holy Family. Yep. And then we have a noon at St. Lawrence. Yep. And then a 7 p.m. at St. Lawrence, which should have no scheduling issues. Well, that that <laughs> there is a big girls basketball game, Denfeld-Hermantown, and there's a big boys hockey game, Hermantown-Denfeld, which is what most, not all, I, I know there's others, but most of our families and um, go to one of those high schools, and we got a lot of kids on both of the, all those teams, both the basketball teams, um, and on the hockey teams. So blessings to them, um, and good luck to everybody. Um, go hunters, go hawks. Go hunters, go hawks. Go hawks, go hunters. Go hawks, go hunters. I, I'm just gonna stay very, very neutral <laughs> in this, <laughs> and I uh, hope everybody just plays really well. So, so yeah. So that's our schedule: 8 a.m. Holy Family, noon St. Lawrence, noon. Uh, no, 7, 7 p.m. St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence. Yeah. Is, uh, let me, so quiz. I'm going to quiz you, Dan. All right. Is Ash Wednesday a holy day of obligation? No, it is not. It isn't? No, it is not. So you don't have to go to Mass on Ash Wednesday? Uh, no, you do not have to. Okay. So it's not an obligation. Correct. 
No, that's true. So a lot of people, I think a lot of Catholics, and you know, as priests, we don't like telling people that because it's like, well, you should come to Mass. It's a beautiful Mass, and it's the best. It's a great way to start Lent, and yeah. it's great to receive ashes. Um, that's a that's a really good thing. So, but it isn't. A lot of people think it's one of the holy days of obligation, but it's not. Yeah, and when when I found out it wasn't, I was very surprised. Yeah, because um, I mean, it is one of those that just a lot of people go to, e- even even if they're not norm like normal Sunday mass goers. Yep, a lot of people will kind of go out of their way to go to Ash Wednesday, which I thought was, which I don't know if they just thought it was a holy day of obligation or if they just like to go. Um, but yeah, I was I was very intrigued by that. Yeah. Okay, so here's another question. All right. This is more of a preference question. <laughs> if you go to the 8 o'clock Mass, let's say you're going to go to the 8 o'clock Mass at Holy Family. Okay. How long do you keep your ashes on? Um, I'll keep them on, them on as long as I remember to not itch my head or accidentally wipe my forehead. Okay. Which you don't realize how often you touch your face until you have ashes on them. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, Dan touches his face a lot. No, <laughs> no, no, that's true. It, it's very true. There's so many times I'm just like, ah, oh, dang it. You don't realize so many times, like, you know, you put your hand to your, your mm-hmm. forehead, like when you're sitting at your desk or something. Yeah. You know, or you just kind of rub your forehead because you're just tired or you're stressed. It's like one of those, you know, self-soothing things probably, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So th- th- I don't intentionally take them off unless they're like there when I go to bed or something like that. Okay. But they usually don't last super long because because <laughs> you know i just forget that they're there do you think it's fair to wipe them off as soon as you leave mass um thinking about it probably not but at the same time um i don't know what if you had a big job interview went to mass at 8 a.m and you're going for the big interview or you're going to do the big sales pitch to that's like the the big sales pitch or yeah, I mean, I guess I would understand the thought behind take, taking it off. You know, don't want to, I guess, cause a scene. Or you know, if someone if someone is anti-Catholic, you don't you know uh, you don't want to kill the sale by having your ashes on. But at the same time, it's a it's a great opportunity to be a witness. Yeah, so keep so your ashes on. Keep your ashes on. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love tricking people up in that, but it's true. Yeah, no, and it it is. You know, one of the things I love is like a lot of times. You'll see news media, local and national, mm-hmm. or different people on TV. Yeah. Um, we'll keep them on, and I'm always impressed by that. Mm-hmm. And it's you a do. Great, it's a great witness. Yeah, and you'll see people walking around town, or you know, I think I want to say that it's one of the uh, Catholic cultural things that's not offensive to people. Yeah. To most people in the culture, like people get it, they kind of think it's neat. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's one of the things that you can easily just keep those on and nobody's going to maybe stir if you're worried about that. Yeah. But even if they do, it's like, well, no, keep them on. So th- the question I would have, for instance, if you're going to the hockey game or the basketball game Wednesday night, are you going to go with the ashes on? If they're still on. <laughs> <laughs> I won't intentionally take them off, but odds are they probably won't have a ton of – there won't be a ton of ash – left on my forehead yeah. at that point in time. But um why but yeah, would somebody why would somebody really maybe even be careful or intentionally maybe keep them on through the course of the day? Um sorry. Why would somebody keep those ashes on through the course of the day? So for instance, let's say somebody comes to the noon mass at St. Lawrence, yeah. 
but they are going to be going out and rooting on the hockey team mm-hmm. or the basketball team Wednesday night. Why might somebody like intentionally say, I'm oh. going to be careful not to wipe my ashes off? Yes. Um, you know, because it's, it's a great opportunity to witness. Yeah. And, um, you know, there'll, there'll be pl- plenty of people who, you know, won't, the first couple of day or first couple couple of people those they see they're like man got some uh, got some dirt on your forehead and then after a while they're like oh it's Ash Wednesday that's right huh? you know and then uh, I think it, it's a great opportunity to, to to for people to ask questions just be like what's that about yeah. um, and you know, I'm trying to think think of all the years when I was in college and yeah I don't think I, you know I think sometimes you're kind of afraid like oh I don't want people to feel awkward or whatever this or that and I don't think I had anyone come up to me and be like the ashes on your forehead make me uncomfortable yeah. or something like that. You, you should be people like, oh, hey, you know. I think a lot uh, of times, because I, I yeah. I'm this way, I think a lot of times because I have the ashes on my forehead, I'm the one who feels uncomfortable and kind of weird yeah. like people are looking at me or they're, they're not seeing me, they're seeing the ashes. Yeah. Which there's a dynamic to that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't the collar usually just throw them off? Well, like, yeah. <laughs> the, co- the collar will do that too. <laughs> but even with the collar on, they notice the ashes, I think, before the collar a yeah, lot of probably. times. Like, you know, if you're walking through the grocery store or something. <laughs> but it's it's this dynamic of dying to yourself mm-hmm. and carrying the cross, particularly the cross that, that we're called to carry in Lent, um, and to witness to that, but also to the humility that's in it, because that's a big part of what those are, right? Um, you know, repent and believe in the gospel. Um, remember that you are you are dust and unto dust you shall return. Those are the two options. We could talk about those two, but yeah. it's this dynamic, too, of very visibly on Ash Wednesday saying, I am Christ, and I die to him, and I carry his cross, and my life needs to be more about him than it is about me. And in many ways, it it makes it very stark on Ash Wednesday. And I think people like that, actually. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why so many come to get ashes, because there is something about, we desire that. We want mm-hmm. that, and we want to really receive that, um, because I think we know our need. Deep down inside, we really know our need for the cross, for penance, for sort of allowing ourselves to to receive that and, and be live in that in such a good way. Um, that's why I think a lot of people love coming. There's pe- there are, you know, you have, you have Catholics who just come on Christmas. You have Catholics mm-hmm. that just come on Easter. Catholics that just come on Christmas and Easter. There are Catholics who just come on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. You know, because there's something in us that really, it speaks to something in the heart. So I'm always kind of fascinated mm-hmm. by it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah. The last couple of years of, Definitely had the, this conversation multiple times with people because it is something that's so. So let me ask you this. All right. right, another another. I don't. Know, we're getting a little off topic, but this is okay. You know. Yeah. What what what's your preference for the kind of cross that ends up on, or the kind of ashes that end up on your forehead <laughs> or whatever? What what do you hope for on Ash Wednesday when you go up for ashes? Um, I think every year. I hope that it actually just looks like a cross. <laughs> and I think most years I'm unsatisfied. <laughs> you come into my line and you're going to get a good cross. <laughs> I make these big deliberate crosses. So they sometimes look like a plus sign, but they're usually dark and a clear cross. And I always dip my finger before each person back in. 
So a lot of times people will get it on their noses too. Yeah. And they like kind of like can see it on their nose. They don't know what to do. And I'm always chuckling because you can see them kind of go cross-eyed and look at their nose. And, they, you know, it's like powdered on their nose. And they're like, do I yeah. wipe that off right now or do I just leave it on? Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll see people yeah. later on in the day too and they'll still on their nose, you know, yeah. and I always chuckle. But you come in my line and I guarantee you it's going to be a good cross. Promise. All right. Well, then I'm I'm gonna hold you to to that high standard. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think because sometimes there's just like the smudge, like there's the people that like just yeah. do the thumbprint, you know. Yeah. Or they they do like I don't even know what it is, like an axe or like it's just not clear what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- there's a usually around this time of year there's a, a post on Facebook that's like the oh, yeah. the different kind the of different kinds of, kind crosses. of crosses yeah. you'll get. There's the little ones. There's the smudge ones. There's yeah. 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 I always I always chuckle at that. You know in most parts of the world, it, they sprinkle it on the top of their head. Yeah? Yeah, so it just gets sprinkled on top of your head like in your hair. Or the, sometimes it'll get, they'll actually cross the, the crown of your head like you, when you were anointed at your baptism, the top mm-hmm. of your head was anointed with chrism. They'll do it on the top of the head, not on the forehead. Okay. I think it's kind of an American thing, actually. To do, to do the cross? I think so. Okay, huh, interesting. I think a lot of it, like, and I think in the old right, I think it was the sprinkling on top of the head. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna smudge up the foreheads. You know. It's Father's favorite day of the year. Well, <laughs> one of my favorite things <laughs> is to get back up there and turn around and look at the whole congregation, mm-hmm. and then you can see who went through to whose line. It's like, Ooh, yeah. that's a Deacon John person, <laughs> or that's a Deacon Tim, or oh, that's so and so. You know, well, there's one of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you'll see it in the sections, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, that's you, funny. Every section will look a little bit different based on the artist of the, <laughs> the ashes. <laughs> Their own er, uh, personal interpretation of ashes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, after Ash Wednesday, I guess I guess not after, because Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, right? Yep. Um, so tomorrow starts Lent, but, um, but then... After Ash Wednesday, you know, we kind of get into the day-to-day happenings of Lent. Um, and I guess to kind of start off the conversation, 17 minutes in, um, about oh, Lent. It's good conversation. It's <laughs> good Ash I, Wednesday I, no, conversation. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just joking, Father. <laughs> um, uh, kind of talking about Lent. And I know uh, one of the big, maybe, co- questions or topics of conversation around this time of the year is, oh, what are you giving up for Lent? Yep. You know? Um, so father, what are you giving them? <laughs> well, just, um, I guess maybe you want to talk about, um, the idea of fasting or uh, asceticism and maybe, um, kind of traditions of, um, giving up something or even taking on something. Yep. So really, and it does come down to the, the gospel reading that we hear, um, every Ash Wednesday, which comes from the Sermon on the Mount, which is from Matthew, um, chapter six. And the three things are prayer, because Jesus speaks of prayer, almsgiving, and fasting. You know, and it kind of acknowledges like, yeah, these are good things to do, but don't do them in order to be seen. Do them out of love and out of growth. Like, go, you know, and that's the whole, like, go in the, the private of your own room. Yeah. And it's not that Jesus is saying, what Jesus is basically saying, don't do this so others can see you and, like, you can gloat in it. Mm-hmm. It's oftentimes where, like, I, a lot of times will not share what I'm doing during Lent. Like, because of this gospel passage, I'm like, people say, well, what'd you give up, Father? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I'm always like, I, I try to dodge it because um, I don't want to 
like make it about me or because mm-hmm. I know if I start talking about it, we're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm giving this up. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm intense. Yeah, I'm intense. <laughs> like, look at me. Woo. Um, so that's that's where it comes from. So. Um, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, all three are meant to allow us to disconnect and die to things of this, this earthly world so that we can be more and more connected and drawn towards the heavenly. And that's a, that's a big aspect of fasting and, pr- and prayer, almsgiving even, is, is to let go of the things that we think are so important that are more earthly and that we tend to cling to, right? And that, that comes through time, talent, treasure stuff, through our time with prayer, through what we do with the treasures that we have, you know, they're like sometimes we're so attached to our stuff and our money that we we're not willing to share. You know, so Lent is a time of very clearly like, hey, let go. Um, uh, <coughs> or you know, even food or the, the 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 those kind of sensual pleasures, if you will, um, of the taste of food of the energy food gives of the satisfaction that food gives um any kind of food or drink that it's to let go of that and not to allow yourself to know that you live for more than just bread alone you know and that's that whole dynamic of jesus going into the desert as well um there's a penitential aspect to it that fasting brings and almsgiving can bring and even prayer can bring to make reparation for our sins, which is part of what Lent is. It's like reparation and preparation for the ultimate reparation that was made on the cross and to participate in that. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes that fasting too, you know, rather than just kind of kind of qualling or um, not, what's qualling? What does qualling mean? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I, forget, I don't know what word I'm looking for. <laughs> sort of like just getting stuck in like, oh, I'm so hungry, or oh, I wish I could have the chocolate, or I wish I could have the mm-hmm. pizza, or whatever you gave up. It's to let go of that and realize, let my hunger for things be directed towards hungering for something greater than those things, which is ultimately the Lord and the saints in heaven. Um, so it can remind us, I'd say, if you're fasting and you feel hungry, allow your body to direct your soul towards a hungering towards heaven, towards a hungering towards God. Let it let it motivate you, let it move you, let it inspire you. It can really do that, and does it for a lot of people. Um, so it's a good spiritual practice. It can be consistent fasting, too. It can be just something that really does help you grow and detach sometimes. Um, so, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. That's what you're kind of driving at and looking for. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything to add? I mean, it's something that, that, uh, that is so kind of prominent in, during Lent, whether that was, you know, the intention of it or if that's just kind of become like uh, kind of a topic from the, sh- the kind of Catholic culture of like, oh, it's Lent. What are you giving up? You know, like, yeah, like it's just kind of it's it's just kind of one of those things. Yep. And I think it's, you know, th- there's a there is a tendency for people to say, well, I do stuff during Lent. I don't give anything up. And it's it, it, the Catholic way is it's a both and. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. to do some things that's the almsgiving in prayer for instance like do some almsgiving of time telling or treasure in some way and in prayer give yourself an opportunity for a little more prayer if you're not doing any prayer then commit to one our father a day right if if you're doing three hail marys a day do one decade of the rosary a day you know whatever the case may be like just up it a little bit you know, if you're going to 15 minutes of adoration a week, go for a half hour, you know, a week. 
Um, if you're doing a half hour a day, you know, in front of the Lord in the tabernacle, maybe kick it up to an hour. Maybe you're ready for that. You know, like so, do something and and fast from something in some way. Abstain from something. So yeah, kind of like if you can hit hit the trifecta. Yeah, you hit the trifecta exactly. Yeah. The triple crown of Lent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's a way to look at it, right? Yeah. 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 So let's talk about um difference between fasting and abstinence in Lent. So what are the days of fasting, Dan? Uh the days of fasting are uh Ash Wednesday. Yes. And uh it's a uh, Good Friday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I was, I was I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, so those are the two days of fasting in Lent. What does the church say is the minimum requirement of the fast? So, um, it's, uh, so you can have like what you can have, what what you can eat. So, yeah. you, so because it's uh, just yeah, a fasting is, from food, right? Right. But what does the church say is like this is what a fast is technically at a minimal oh, level? Yes. So, um, one regular sized meal yep. and two small meals. Yes. And then also ab- abstain from meat, or is that? Yes, abstaining from meat in the midst of those meals. Yes. What's the thir- What's the last thing about it? And it's basically already in it. Oh, like no, no snacking. No snacking. Yeah. Nothing in no, between. No, nothing in between. Yes. Yep. Yep. So one regular sized meal, and a regular yep. sized meal isn't like a big meal. It's like just mm-hmm. a regular portion meal. Yeah, a, a regular and American sized portion. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness! <laughs> Don't get me started on that. But just two small meals. Yeah. Right, and then one regular mm-hmm. sized meal. So the church isn't saying like. You know, you, you have to go about your work day and the busyness of your day and not have some nutrients so you can get your job done or do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so that's on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Days of abstinence, what are those? Uh, Fridays. Fridays and Lent, and what are we to abstain from? Meat. Meat, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are obligations that we have, right? What, I might have to look this up. As I ask it, <laughs> what's the age obligation towards these? I want to say 14. So if you're 14 or older, you have the obligation to follow the fast. Mm-hmm. And what's the what's the um, Ooh, top end yeah, of it? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think it's 80. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say. It might even be vague. It's 75 or 80 years old yeah. where you're, re- you're released from it, I think. I would have to look it up. I should probably look it up. Yeah, I'm not gonna look. I don't have the resource to look it up right uh, now. That's right fine. Now. Uh, but, but that's important but to know. Is, yeah, yeah. So sometimes older people, you know, are people that are up there and that those those age limits. You got to know that the church actually releases you from that penance, um, mm-hmm. and from that obligation, and that that's okay. Um, I've had people faint during Lent because they um, they're trying to f- completely fast, and they sh- they really shouldn't be. You know, and you know your health situation too. Like, and you know, you got to be honest and with a good, clear conscience. Like, step into those fasts and times of abstinence uh, with a healthiness to it. You know, and if you know, you might need some sustenance depending on where you're at. You know, particularly if you got a medical condition or you're you're mm-hmm. very elderly and weak. Like, it's okay. You know, but just you have to be prudent and responsible with it, and the church allows for that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and people forget that sometimes. And uh, I think th- that's one of the cool th- parts about Lent for me, as I've as I've um, gotten older. Because I think when I was um, when I was younger, and I think specifically like in my kind of early twenties, um, 
in college. There was kind of, you know, maybe like like a macho thing sometimes and like like a pride factor with my friends of like who could do more, you know, yep. or who could fast more or stuff like that, which is petty and stupid. Um, um, and now that I've kind of kind of grown out of that, um, just to be like, actually, there's sometimes where I'm really weak and kind of noticing just that humanity and that weakness and just being like, hey, that's that's OK, because that's just yeah. who that's just who I am. <laughs> like, I'm human and that's where I'm at, you know, yep. um, and to be able to notice that like like that in my experience has like brought me so much closer um, to, to Christ and Lent than trying to sleep on the floor every day, you yeah. know, and kind of brag about it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, oh, I was going to say something. Darn it. I hate when that happens. Cause it is, uh, I don't remember what it was though. How about this though? Um, so this is the age-old question. A lot of people have you hear me talk about this, particularly with Father Rich and the radio the last couple of years. Um, do you hold the fast on Sundays? Um, I guess I would turn that question back on you and say, would, why do you? Why would you fast on a feast day? Oh, see, that's a good question. See, th- good, 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 good question. You really don't need to fast on a feast day. So every Sunday in the year is a feast day. Mm-hmm. It's it, but in Lent we you might consider it maybe like a mini Easter, mm-hmm. so maybe you you refrain from the fast a little bit. So if like, you know, you usually eat a full chocolate bar every day, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. you only eat like a quarter of a chocolate bar on Sunday, mm-hmm. and you're not eating chocolate the rest of the week, yeah. right? Like that would be fair, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's why I hired you, Dan. Thank <laughs> you very much. So see, um, I would hire you over Father Rich. <laughs> a lot of you have heard me and Father Rich argue about. So here's the thing, folks. Sunday is not counted in the 40 days of Lent. They're actually called Sundays in Lent, um, during Lent, right? And so if you count it out on the calendar, Sundays are not counted in the 40 days. So the 40 days of fasting are outside of the Sundays. So it's like little mini breaks where technically it's not a Lenten fast on those days. It's like a Mm -hmm. mini Easter every Sunday no matter what, you know? We still do very Lenten things, so even the liturgy on Sunday still doesn't have the Alleluia or the Gloria. Mm-hmm. But I always say, well, you can break the fast a little bit, but that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Well, and one of my favorite things about um, kind of, I guess, the tradition of Catholicism is the uh, liturgical calendar. And that we can have, we have feast days. We have feast days, we have solemnities. Um, and if I'm not wrong, uh, a normal kind of Sunday mass is considered a solemnity, right? Yeah. And so um, those are days where the church kind of gives it to us to be like, hey, this is a day for, for celebration. Yep. Um, and so I just think that's cool to go throughout um, the calendar um, and to be able to kind of have that during Lent, to still kind of have that mindset. And not obviously not, that doesn't mean, okay, it's a Sunday in Lent, that means Fat Tuesday part two, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, that's exactly right. Um, and it's not, but it is a Sunday yeah. in Lent and during yeah. Lent. You know, it's a Sunday of Lent, mm-hmm. but it very much is a Sunday, though. Yeah, and so I, I think that that also helps um, when you are in Lent and there is a Sunday to be like, no, today is a cause for celebration more than these other days because it's a representation of Christ rising from yeah, the dead. And what we're moving toward. Yeah. And I always say that, and I think the church has set it up that way very intentionally because the church could have set it for 40 ex- consecutive days. You know, like Jesus is in the desert for 40 consecutive days. so. But if Father <laughs> Rich was here, he would be ripping me apart. We, we always have this conversation. Um, and a lot of you have heard us having it on the radio and stuff. So good response, Dan. I'm yeah, proud of you. you. Thank you. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a good Lent. You know, we talked we talked in our pack, past episode about everything that's going on. Yep. Um, and we have we have uh, you know a lot of stuff that we're doing, and um, I guess I just like to invite people to to come to it. Yeah. You know, come folks. We got lots going on. Lots of opportunities for prayer. Um, some of that's going to mean fasting or giving of maybe a little extra time, you know, and you, maybe you're going to let go and fast from what you would normally do on a Monday night or a, a Friday evening and, and come and do stations or come to the missions or go to the Bible study or come to the soup suppers or, you know, the different things. So come to confession. Go to confession during Lent. Okay, I'm gonna, can we, we're, we're about done, right? Yeah. We're going to have extra times for confession. Listen, just go. Just go. If you're holding back because you're scared, you don't think you need to, or, you know, there's a thousand things that I know there's reasons why you're not going or don't go or haven't been in a long time. I'm telling you, just go. There is grace there. Make a good, honest confession. I'm telling you, as far as I'm concerned, every priest in this city is not going to, that I know, I'll be shocked if any of them really scold you or yell at you or anything. We're there to give you God's mercy. And Jesus burns with divine mercy. He wants to shed his mercy on you. Just go to confession. And don't go with any expectation. You may not get knocked off your feet or whatever. There's grace there, and that's what we believe. So um, get over yourself. Get over it. Get over the whole dynamic of I don't think I need to. I don't want to. All those things that, uh, honestly, they're not God's voice in your heart and in your soul. Those things are not God's voice. Those voices that tell you why you don't need to go or why you shouldn't or why you can't or all your excuses to say, oh, it'll take me two hours. It won't, I promise you. I don't care if you haven't been in 40 years. It'll probably take you max 10 to 15 minutes, right? Um, and we'll probably have a session on the podcast maybe on what's a good confession, what what's a not-so-good confession, etc. But, okay. I've gone on too long. Just go to confession, folks. It's so, so good and important, and there's grace there. Jesus gave this to the apostles and to the church to minister his mercy. It's a guarantee of it. Go to confession. Okay. All right, well, thank you, Father. That was great. <laughs> You're welcome. To <laughs> and thank you all for, for tuning in today. Uh, we hope you have um, a g really great Lent. And, um, yeah, we will talk to you next week. May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised.